Let's go to Philippians. Philippians, we're going to talk a little bit about finances and encourage you concerning that. And, um, and then we're going to get right into the Word, speaking about sticking to the gospel of grace. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, I want to pray for everybody that is watching, everybody that is, that's got a, just a need in their hearts to know more of your gospel. I thank you that that need is met. I thank you that an enlightened understanding comes to them that they can see the power of this gospel in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you for your care, my God, in Jesus' name. You are a good God that loves us, that cares for us. And I thank you, Lord, that this gospel brings for such a peace in our hearts. It's above understanding and comprehension. It is just something that is so, so great. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, before I get into this, I would just like to uh, just address a point. I've got a, um, somebody spoke to me last night, I spoke to somebody, and they said to me that I came over a bit harsh in one of my previous sessions uh, on a Sunday where I said that if, you, um, if you're on our mailing list and you make this ministry your lifeline or you make me as a person your lifeline, I, I directed more to me as a person, um, please let us know so that we can take you off the mailing list because we don't want people to have... Uh, I, I don't want to have myself as a lifeline for people. You are in the boat. You've been, you are saved by Jesus. And if, you are, if there's any lifeline, it is Jesus Christ Himself. I, I do understand that there can be people that feel, um, can feel a little bit offended by that. Please don't. Um, you know, we, I, I must be honest, we, so many times we find people making a preacher their hero and we are not into that dynamic love ministries is not into that I'm not into that and I will never be in that Um, I'm not there to lead you to me Um, I'm there to tell you about the gospel and that you can have your own personal wonderful relationship with God I do believe in daily sending messages to people the Bible says encourage each other daily so Yes, I believe in a daily encouragement, but my encouragement is not supposed to be your only revelation and your only, uh, um, the only view that you have of, of the gospel. So, um, I want you to take that, take that daily devotional, take what you hear on Web Church. It's wonderful to see you slot in every Sunday. It's wonderful to see that you are uh, committed to the gospel. But if I've got a, a hero, on this earth, let me tell you something, that Euro is going to fail me sometime because he is a human being. Even if Paul was my Euro, he would have failed me sometime because even under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he was commanded not to go to Jerusalem. And he said, well, I'm willing to die, I'll go. The Holy Spirit said to him, you're going to be bound there and put in jail. That's what's going to happen to you there. He says, well, I'm willing to die, but I want to go and spread the gospel to my brethren. And he thought he's going to have a time to spread the gospel. He didn't even have time to spread the gospel. He, he just arrived, they caught him, put him in jail. And then people might have been offended by Paul. So, um, not even Paul is supposed to be our hero. Um, I'm not supposed to be your hero. No preacher is supposed to be this only preacher that you feel he is the only man of God. Uh, Paul said uh, clearly, when it comes to in, in Corinthians, he says... One of you say, I'm of Paul. The other one say, I'm of Apollos. The other one says, well, I'm of Christ. Now, you must say, but that guy's correct. Now, what they said there actually was, man, I walked with Christ when he was in the flesh. 
um, when he was on, on the earth. I, I don't have nobody as a disciple. I was a disciple of Jesus himself. And that's what he was actually saying. He says, are you not in the flesh? Are you not in the flesh? So, I want to say to you, please don't be offended even by the way I explain this. Um, it, it is, we don't want to play, uh, you know, have this competition and we don't want you to be in the flesh saying, you know, it's, this is now this real anointed man of God. And that is now this real anointed man of God. Rather say, um, the way in which this brother says it pertains to me. It, 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 it fits my personality. But, um, and given that the gospel is the same, the same message. But what we are chasing after is one message. I don't care through whom it comes. Just one simple message. You know, I watch uh, gospel television every now and then. Not often, but I do. If I hear the gospel of grace, I don't even, I don't care through whom it comes. It can be a young girl speaking and testifying about the grace of God. It can be an old man speaking about the grace of God. It can be a teenager sharing the gospel of grace. Then my whole attention and focus is there because it's about the Word. It's about Jesus. So, <clears throat> that's, I just wanted to, to say that and make that clear. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be... Um, yes, I will be a leader. Th- that's what, the, w- what I am. I am a leader. I am... Uh, a, a shepherd of a, of a church I am an evangelist I am preaching all over the world on the internet it, it is like that I've got Grace Dream TV and the website and all those type of things and, and we are venturing into new things all the time uh, and, and I, I can't get away from the thing that I'm a leader but I don't want to be your saviour I'm not the saviour of anybody and don't treat me as your saviour there are people that, that, that want to get salvation from a man it is not like that. You know, what, what if I die tomorrow? You know, what if I... To, what happens if I tomorrow, uh, um, you know, don't want to be in ministry anymore and feel, well, my time for ministry is over. I want to go and uh, start a business. You're going to be so, so disappointed. Now, I don't have any plans <laughs> of leaving ministry. I, I feel my, I, I'm dedicated to this until Jesus comes. You know, that's in my heart. I, I will just not be successful in anything else because it's not in my heart. The gospel is my heart. But, um, so please don't misunderstand that. That's just what I try to say. And uh, sometimes I say things a bit radical. Amen. Right. I want to just get, speak a little bit about finances. For about two years, I've only been sharing, or mostly sharing, on, on how we are set free from um, from the law and not being under obligation to give. But I want to touch today a little bit on the new nature that is in you when it comes to finances. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to, to, to anything concerning the kingdom of God, when we in the gospel of grace, the Bible says we find the nature of God uh, um, in our lives. Now, the Bible says... Lay down all these things. Then it calls a lot of sin. And it says, and put on. And then it names a, a lot of things. And that he said to people that was already in grace. So people were in grace. He said to those people in grace, lay down sin and uh, um, put on good works. That's basically what he said. And so many times we re-implement the law right there and saying, well, you better stop this and you better start to do that. That's not what it says. In the Greek, it's something completely di- di- different. Um, 
to put down literally means to let go of. You know, put it down. It's like carrying something and put it down. Don't have the burden of that thing on, on your life anymore. Now, the burden of sin on our lives comes, the power of sin comes through the law. So, we, we're not going to be under the law again that we can sin. And then, if we want to put on something, that would put on literally means to, uh, to be clothed with or to sink into. So, when you um, get set free from, well, I don't have to tithe, I don't have to sow and reap and all that, that was the law system that placed you under a burden. Lay that down and sink into generosity. Sink into that. Allow that to happen to you. It doesn't help we, we are set free from, from, um, from grace, uh, set free by the gospel of the law is fulfilled, and we're so taken up with the law is fulfilled, that we're actually against the law. You know, so we are so against the law, we hate the law, we're against the law, that we forget about the gospel. You know, if you are, uh, if you are in the law, or, or if you are against the law, doesn't mean anything to God. And we're going to talk about that today. You can be against the law, it doesn't mean anything to God. You know, I had a friend um, that, that's, that smokes marijuana. He's under no law. He's not under the law. If you come with, to him with a law of Ten Commandments, he says, I'm under no law, man. Uh, uh, there are people out there that's, they under, that got actually a rebellion against the law, like the hippie movement years ago. And, and what we find these days a lot with, with people that are in rebellion, they are actually rebelling against the law, and they are then saying, we are free, we are not under that law. But that doesn't bring forth salvation. So many times we are rebelling. When it comes to finances, people, we don't want to rebel against the tithe. Because rebellion against the tithe is just the tithe influencing your life again. We are not in rebellion against anything. We are simply accepting the new nature that God has given to us. So what does that mean? That means you open your heart for generosity. Sink into generosity. If you feel that you want to be generous, be generous. Don't let fear grab a hold of your heart. If you want to give towards a ministry, your church, or if you're in web church here, or you, um, you feel that you are um, benefiting from this, this church or this website, and you want to give towards this, my friend, sing into that. We've never manipulated, I mean, we, we never intend to manipulate anything, but we must realize that we are new beings. Hallelujah. God has come to give us His nature and He wants to live in you. And the way God's going to live in you is by the generosity that is in your heart that starts to flow. And that is called grace. Now, Paul says in Galatians 2, he's not going to repudiate the grace of God or uh, um, let go of the grace of God or sin against the grace of God. The grace of God is the influence of God in our lives. Now, when it comes to giving and finances, God influences our lives. We can't say anything. It's not that, well, God wants some money out of you, so He's going to influence you to get money out of you. No. When you got into the gospel of grace, you got into something where um, you're going to get the whole package. You're going to get your healing, you're going to get your peace, you're going to get your righteousness, you're going to get your joy, and you're going to get your generosity. That's what God gives to you. And so many times, because of fear in our hearts, we don't want to hear anything of generosity. 
because or when we talk about generosity, we want to connect it to the law. We've been so much under the law so many years that it's easy for us to come and say, well, you know, um, giving is law. That's wrong. Giving is not a law. Um, Giving to get is a law. Giving that flows out of the nature of God is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Amen. It is the fruit of God's grace. So I want to encourage you, if you feel in your heart you want to be generous, let it happen to you. If you feel, let me tell you, if you feel you want to pray for somebody, what what would I tell you? I would tell you, man, go and pray for the person. Go and, 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 and let that happen to you. Pray for that person. Let the power of God flow through you. Let it be like that. Let's see that miracle happen to that person and, and experience the power of God flow in that person's life. Amen. When it comes to giving, man, let generosity happen to you. Let it happen to you. You know, uh, a friend of mine came and visited me yesterday and... Um, He's been going through a very hard time financially and uh, there's some wonderful things happening to him now. And what he said is, he said, my passion, my, my passion is the gospel. And to get this gospel message out, it's all the time been in my heart. When I was poor, it was my passion. And now that, it, that, I'm, that I'm becoming rich again in finances, riches manifesting, that is still my passion. I'm not changing that passion. So I am giving towards spreading the gospel of grace. So what he does is, he allows the generosity in his heart to flow. There's no law that says he must and that he knows. He says, well, he's first going to see that God provides for him. And that is what he did. And, he, and what was wonderful is he could, yesterday we sat at this very same table and he could draw up a thing where he says, well, so much money is what I need to live. And that was it was not extravagant. It was just, he can buy himself a car if he wants. He can buy his wife a car. And not a Rolls Royce, just a car to get from point A to point B. He'll be able to buy a house. And he'll be able to put clothes on his kids and his wife and himself. And buy food if he wants to. And pay the water and light. And that was what he put down. But he can have a much higher than that. He's got the capability of having, get a salary of, 300,000 rand a month. But that's not what he does. Because there's a contentment that's already in his heart. He allows that contentment to flow in his heart when it comes to finances. He allows generosity to flow in his heart when it comes to the spreading of the gospel. So I want to tell you, the only way you're going to be a giver is by yielding to the prompting of the new nature that's already inside you. Don't resist that. The Bible says, don't harden your hearts like in the day of provocation. So, there is a thing where a person can harden his heart against that prompting that he feels. So, don't do that. Let it happen to you. You know, I've seen it so many times. When, when, we, um, when, when somebody's wronged me and I find that I don't have bitterness. And I feel, well, I feel that prompting of forgiveness. Not a law that tells me. There's no law. I just feel in my heart. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to keep it against this person. I, feel, I don't even feel really angry. So, then I just let it go. I allow that. I'm not going to force myself to be angry now. In the same way, when you feel that generosity come, don't force yourself to be stingy. Don't force yourself and say, well, all my life, you know, I've been worried about finances. I don't even feel worried anymore. And I feel I want to give. But I, I'm not going to allow that now. You know, I'm going to allow that. It is, it, it is good. 
and for me to say to you, um, and, and I just want to make this clear, you know, you can say, Bertie, you are trying to get money out of people. I'm not. I haven't, I, I haven't ever done that. Um, but there's a place in the Word of God where Paul also taught about giving. Um, and I want to teach you a, a, a message in every area that you can understand. If, if it comes to healing, you know, and you feel in your heart, I'm the healed, what do you do? You, I say flow with that. That is the flowing of the Holy Spirit. That is the prompting of the Spirit. Let God's grace flow in you. In the same way, when it comes to giving, you do that. Um, it is not wrong, and it's not a sin for a preacher to receive finances from people. Um, it, that is what Paul clearly taught in, in Corinthians. It is not a sin. If people give to this ministry, it is not wrong. It's not wrong for you to give. If I come and I, I put a demand on you that you must care for this, I believe that's wrong. You know, because it must be out of a free heart. You know, it must be out of a, a willing heart. But if there are people that are willing and they give, it's not a sin for me to receive that finances. Because the Bible clearly says that those who preach the gospel will live off the gospel. Those that worked at the, at, at the altar, they ate off that altar. In the same way, that is how it works. So God works in your heart, not by telling you, giving you this voice out of heaven, my son, you must give uh, uh, dynamic love ministries or this ministry money. That's not how God works. I don't believe that he, I don't say that he can never do it, but that, he doesn't want to do that every day. Tell you, listen, do, give this person a hundred rand. Give that one two hundred rand or dollars or whatever currency you're in. No. God comes and he puts his nature in you. He doesn't have to tell you all the time. It's, uh, you know, having kids in the house, um, you know, sometimes my wife and I say to each other, why do we always have to tell them? You know, pick up your clothes. You know, um, after you've made coffee, put the stuff back. Why must we always tell them? We want them to have it inside themselves, to do it by themselves. So, and that is what God has come. He's given us His Spirit, His very nature. And then from there, it flows. And I want to just read um, just the effect that that has in the life of a person. And I want to just say this to you. Um, another thing that I've seen that causes people not to give uh, I, I've spoken to many businessmen and this is what they say. They say they're waiting for the day when they can get big money so they can really do something for God. Now that is a law mindset, my friend. We, we don't keep, try, to, try to keep yourself back of who you really are so that one day you can do something big so that you can then make, a, uh, make an impression on God. That's not how it works. You just live who you are today with what you've got today. Um, if, you, if, if, if in your heart is, is a passion to give, don't let your money and the amount of money you have be the blockage of you living who you are. If you sit in a church and you're a member of that church and that plate comes past or they give you an opportunity to give and you feel in your heart you want to do it and you've got a five rand, my friend, go and give that five rand. If you really feel in your heart, I want to give. I want to be part of this. But all I have is this five rand. Don't be ashamed of giving that. You know, if there's a thousand people giving five rand at that, at that church, it is five thousand rand, you know, that can pay for the water and lights or whatever. So never underestimate what you can do with what you've got. So don't let a law of, I must do a big thing for God, keep you from giving. Don't let stinginess keep you from giving. Don't let rebellion against giving 
keep you from giving. Because God wants you, wants you to have His Spirit and be, be who He is in your life. Amen. So, I just wanted to encourage you with that. And listen to what Paul says here. And I want to just say from my heart, this is exactly what I say. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So what Paul says here, he's not speaking in respect of, I want this now. I want money from you. So when I teach this, I want to say to you, I'm not saying this in the respect of, I want this money from you. It's not what I'm trying to say. Paul says, I'm not, why? Because I am content with what I have. I'm content. I'm happy with where I stay. I'm happy with the clothes I have. I'm happy with the car I drive. I'm just so happy. I thank God. I'm content with what things I have. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So in other words, what he says here is... um, I'm not speaking in respect of want, because I know and Christ can strengthen me in every situation that there is. And that's just another thing that I want to touch on here. So many times we think, you know, if you're in a financial crisis and somebody pray and a miracle happens, that's the manifestation of the power of God. And that's the only way. That's not what Paul said. Paul said here that Christ can strengthen him to have strength to withstand poverty being poor. Amen. And when you are poor and you feel contentment in your heart, you can say, I've witnessed a miracle. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Then verse 14, Notwithstanding, you have well done that you have committed, uh, that you've communicated to my affliction. And this is what I want to say to people that do sponsor this ministry. And I'm sure that pastors that you give to where you are members of churches uh, will say this. You've done a good thing that you have given. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desired the gift but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Now I want to just be honest and open and what I want to see in my heart. And what I want to see in people listening to the gospel of grace. There's some things that I want to see. I want to see, and I believe this is what God also wants to see, and this is the, the fruit of this gospel. I want to see people not being manipulated by people coming saying, you know, if you give $7 now, this is, or $9, it's the, it's the year 2009, God's going to bless you. In 2009, God says, you are mine if you give money. Listen, I, I want to see people set free from that. That's the fruit of the gospel. I want to see people set free from, from man, being manipulated. And I want to see people being set free from, from the fear that money brings and the grip that money brings in their hearts. And then I want to see people being free to live like God and be a giver. And that is what, what he was actually saying. He says, I'm so glad for the money that has come. And, you know, it's like, say you give me a thousand rand. And I say, well, you know, I'm so glad you gave me a thousand rand. And you might think, okay, were you then all the time waiting for me to give you a thousand rand? No, no, I've already, I've been happy. 
You know, what you've done is a good thing that you've done. You've communicated to my need, verse 18, but I have all and I abound and I am full having received this gift that you've sent. So, I want to say, man, this has had an effect in my life concerning my financial things, but I wasn't looking towards you for your money. But what I was looking was the day when I can see that fruit breaking forth. And I believe... Paul would have had the same joy even if that giving was to another church or to another or to other people because he was waiting to see the gospel bearing fruit in the lives of people. And I want to say to you the same with me. I want to see that fruit in your life. And I want to say to those that gives towards this ministry, um, thank you so much. It makes a difference. But know this, I'm not here to get money out of you. And no preacher is supposed to be waiting every day to see how much money he can get out of you. And when you give, he's so relieved because you are, you are giving to him now. No, no. He must be happy because of the fruit and live in contentment because of the gospel. Being strengthened by the power of God. The true power of God. I, I just want to get into that quickly. Um, let's go to uh, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. It's such a pity that I, don't, I can't... Um, show you that that, that, that that word on the screen now. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It says you will receive power let me just see the word power there. It is... Um, the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. You'll receive the power of the Holy Ghost that comes upon you and you will be witnesses. It is the word martyr. It's the Greek word martyr where we get people that get martyred from. So what he says is you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit and then you'll be my witnesses and that's also the word martyr. You'll be martyred for me. You'll have power to be martyred for the gospel. That's also what it says. It, it doesn't only imply the supernatural. It does imply. It includes the power of the supernatural that you could go and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Um, like last night I testified to, to, towards somebody we had such a wonderful crusade and for those of you that watched that we've, we've shown the, the miracles that happened um, in, in Zimbabwe. You know, and we prayed for businessmen now and we saw miracles happening. You know, so we see the power of God in that area. But we also are empowered to go through martyrdom. We are also empowered to, when a hard time comes and a change does not come, we are empowered by God to go through that thing until the answer comes. Hallelujah. So, we shouldn't be narrow-minded and say, the only answer is if a supernatural miracle happens that re-establishes this worldly system and standards in my life. Amen. Now, I know that might, people might differ from me uh, concerning that, but that is also what that scripture means. So, uh, when it comes to finances, my friend, what I'm telling you is that pros- prosperity is in the cross, but contentment is also in the cross. Amen. So, you will be content and God will prosper you. So, with the moment you're content, then you thank God in whatever state you are. Like Paul says, he was so happy with what he had that he was not even having his eyes on what others would give. What they gave did make a difference because I'm sure he could use that money, he could eat, he could even travel to another place. And, I mean, we're not foolish to think that money's got no effect in the spreading of the gospel. He does. 
So I want to say to you, when you give, it's not wrong. You know, Paul actually answered them in a way that they could think, well, they've done a wrong thing to give. He said, well, I thank God that you've given. You know, not, not that I seek the gift. Then the people might have said, okay, sorry that I've given. No, no, no. What you've done is a good thing, but please don't be under the understanding that I'm chasing after your stuff. But this is, but giving is a fruit of the gospel. Amen. It's a fruit that's abounding to your word. So, my friend, if you've been struggling with, um, with being afraid of giving, if you see the fruit of, I'm afraid to give, I want to tell you there's freedom for you in Jesus Christ. You can be set free. Hallelujah. How will you be set free? Focus on the gospel. Amen. Have your focus on the gospel. You can have an expectation and a hope and saying, well, I'm expecting the gospel to bring a change in this area. But don't have your eyes on your stinginess all the time trying not to be stingy. Don't have your eyes on the fear of, well, I'm afraid when it comes to giving. Well, I hope I'm not afraid next Sunday. Man, forget about that. Focus on the gospel and know that you can, when you feel the prompting of the Spirit. There will be a time when you feel fearless when it comes to giving. That At that moment, give over. You know, allow the Spirit to flow in that area of your life. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, I'm sure that that is, is clear. Thank you, Jesus. So, know this one thing. Paul, Paul said it there clearly. He had the power to prosper and was seen in Philippians 4. Prosperity came to him by somebody else that, that felt the prompting of the Spirit that in their hearts, that found the new nature and lived by that new nature inside them. You know, when it, when it comes to give, it doesn't say, hear God, what does God say? If we must hear what God says concerning how much you should give towards something, man, <laughs> He'll tell you, sell all your stuff and give it. You, if you ask God, God, you know, how much must, must I give? You must realize you are asking somebody that wasn't afraid to give His Son for the salvation of one. That's the type of person you ask. That doesn't put any value in money. So, um, <laughs> what, what, what happens is, and this is what Paul said, clearly. He didn't say, pray, pray to God and ask God, how much must you give in Second Corinthians? He says, you determine in your heart how much you want to give and what you want to give. So that you can give out of a free heart. Amen. So, what you do is you go and look at the grace of God in your life. And that's why it says, as each one determines in his heart. Determine by what you believe, how much you can give. What do you believe? I believe God is my source. I believe God will always provide for me. I believe God is my provider. I believe that this giving is not what prospers me, but God is what God prospers me. I believe that this giving will bless somebody. Now, go and look at what you believe, and out of that you determine what you give. Amen. Go and look at, in your own heart, in your own belief system, you determine. Amen. And what does your belief system say? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about who you are? What do you believe about your future? What do you believe about God's, uh, God's provision? What do you believe about uh, uh, who God is in you, in Jesus Christ? According to that, you can live. Amen. Hallelujah. Be, people, I've got such a boldness to speak this on this two-year foundation of, 
of, of where I've just preached on, on, on man, you don't have to give a cent to be blessed and all of that. But I don't want you to, to, to stand up in a rebellion against the law. Live, we are free now to live who we really are. It's like a, a, a guy came to my house, I spoke to him, and I said to him, you know what, you never gave anything. It was the law in your life that gave away your money. But now, you are free to discover what it is to give out of who you really are. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I would just like to pray um, over everybody right now just concerning finances and then we're going to get into the word I want to share today. Father, I want to thank you that you're a good God. I want to thank you that, that, um, that you love us. I want to thank you that you have provided for us. I want to thank you, Father, for every person that I can see the fruit of the gospel in their life that gives. It gives to this ministry, that gives to other ministries. It's wonderful to see that fruit in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for that, my God. Thank you for that, my God. In Jesus' mighty name. I just come in the name of Jesus Christ. I just... I just feel there's somebody watching right now. You've got a, 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 a red shirt on. And uh, you, you look at this and you think, my finances is not working. My finances is not going to work out. I don't know how this is going to work out. And I don't even know if this is true what Bertie says. I just believe the Lord says to you right now, sir, that this is the true gospel. You are being set free right now. You will experience contentment come to your heart and you will see how I provide for you, says the Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Um, we, let's go to... Um, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to read from the um, message translation. It says, I've, I've read this last time, and I want to just read this again. It says, Christ has set us free to live a, f- a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. So I want to say to you, Jesus Christ has set us free. And the last Sunday we spoke about God's commitment towards us. God's commitment towards us. And our commitment towards the gospel. God's commitment towards us is found in the person of Jesus Christ. For God not to be committed to you, you, (laughs) for God not to be committed to you, He has to cease to be Jesus. Jesus needs to vanish and not exist anymore. That is God's commitment and God's faithfulness towards you. And our faithfulness towards God or our obedience towards God is believing this gospel and then not to be enslaved in the harness of slavery. Never again let anyone put you, uh, put a harness of slavery on you. Now what I've seen, what Paul preaches about here is that people come and they put a slavery or a harness um, over your life. And you know, that is why uh, uh, the writer... Uh, Solomon clearly said, he said, listen, guard your heart above all things. Watch out for the gossip you listen at. Watch out for the, the influence you listen to where you feel 
well, you know, this guy's saying this thing and that guy's saying that thing and that starts to make you uh, law-minded. And I'm going to just, I'm going to touch on something there that's really, really going to bless you. It says, I'm emphatic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at the same moment Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. So we don't want to squander the free gift that Christ has given under any other rule-keeping system. We don't want to fall into any rule-keeping system at all. Amen. You know, it's like, I, uh, like last night I spoke to uh, Elise um, uh, about, you know, uh, just some of the things in, in, in ministry and so on. And we also start to discuss this thing that I've mentioned earlier that I, that I said, you know, I'm, I'm nobody's lifeline. You know, the moment you become somebody's lifeline, you are falling under his rule-keeping system. Because he's got a set of rules on how, who you must be. And what's actually happening is that person is falling under a law. And he says, if this person cannot, you know, uh, preach in this way, if he doesn't phone me once a week, if he doesn't pray for me and I get healed, if he doesn't do this, if he doesn't do that, if he doesn't do that, you are placing yourself under a rule-keeping system and you are bound to be disappointed and hurt sometime. You know, like, um, like I've been praying for, uh, for somebody frequent, I wouldn't say frequently, but she would phone me every now and then and I would pray for her and so a wonderful person, I pray for her and um, I've known her for seven years. And the other, other day was the first time in seven years. You know, I've, I've prayed for her many times. And there wasn't that she wasn't healed. She was healed every time. In seven years, without... Uh, every time that I prayed for she was healed. And then I think two weeks ago or whatever was the first time that she wasn't healed. Now, well, thank God she's established in grace. But if a person... Does not, if that person's got a rule-keeping law system, you know, that says, this person must be like this, this person must be, you putting yourself under a law, and you will be discouraged. That is what's going to happen. You're going to be so discouraged. So, that's why Paul says, are you not in the flesh, saying, I'm of this guy, I'm of that guy, I'm of that guy, because you're in the flesh. What does Paul talk about flesh? You are under the law. You are under the law. And I am here to tell you what the Bible says. And this is what Paul said. He, Paul even said his own name. He says, some say I am of Paul. Calling his own name. Paul says, don't say you are of me. It's Christ in you. It's not you are of me. Your origin is God. Hallelujah. He says, God has set us free to live a free life. So you can live a free life. Amen. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery unto you. I am emphatic about this. I'm very serious about this. Let's read it in the... Um, and I'm going to uh, uh, put a bit of an emphasis on how we hear the voice of God now. In, in, just go to Galatians 5 in the, mess, in the King James. Man, I wish I could have just put this on the screen for you, but I can't. It says here, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. For I testify again to any man that is circumcised that is a debtor to the 
to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect to you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So we wait for the expectation of righteousness by faith, which is the glorified body. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith that works by love. You have run well, who did hinder you, that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not of him that called you. It doesn't come of Jesus or of Paul. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he may be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision or the law, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. So Paul says, if he preaches the law, then the offense of the cross is ceased. So the offense of the cross is, there's no more law. Amen. That's why people get offended. I, um, I would, they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty only. Use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love serve one another. For all, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you do not consume one another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now that is a powerful, powerful scripture. It's talking about falling from grace. So the commitment that we have is towards this gospel. And so many times, in such a small way, we are tricked into the law. Um, I'm reminded of a a thing that happened to me years ago. There was a a guy that borrowed um, a a chainsaw. No, first he borrowed a truck from me. So I gave this eight-ton truck, and he went and he, no, he first borrowed the chainsaw. Yeah, that's it. He first got a hold of the chainsaw, uh, and he used it, and he never brought it back. Then I gave him the truck, and he used the truck, and then the truck's wheel broke off in front of his house, and he just left it right there. Now, even when you just listen to that, you can say, oh, it's wrong, you know. Yes, and it is wrong. So, there is a law that says, listen, man, if, if you borrow somebody's stuff, just take it back. Now, what I then did was, I didn't allow the grace of God, because in my heart I also felt, ach, let's just forgive the guy, go and take my stuff, what effort is it, just to go and take the thing, you know, and, and go and clean it up and take it home, and take the truck and take it home. What, what effort is in that? Just do it. You know, and, and I felt that. But there was another law in my mind, and that's a law that I was brought up with. And that was, if you borrow something from somebody, you take it back. And then I was now starting to live by that law. I was starting to live by that law. And I said, how can he be like that? You know, what's wrong with this guy? You know, he, and I started to become so upset with this person because I was starting to live by a law in my mind. Now, he was not under that law. I was under that law because I placed, placed a demand on him. And he disappointed me. And so now, I had to go over to judgment. He needed to be punished. So I would do things in order that he can... This was what I did. I phoned him and I just gave it to him straight after months. You know, where the stuff was just there. I said to him, listen man, you're abusing me. 
because I'm a preacher and, and this and that. And I said, because you, you think I'm in the gospel, that's why you didn't, don't bring these things back and what, what, what. And I accused him of many things and I was wrong. So, and it was me living under the law. And you know what? After doing all of that, we were going through the book, you know, on the bookshelf, checking out some books, throwing out some books that's law-based and whatever. And we saw books of other people that we took that we never took back. Man, do you know what condemnation <laughs> grabbed a hold of me? So I want to tell you, my friend, that this law comes in very subtly and we want to stick, stay committed to the gospel of grace. Because what happens now is, if I was having mercy on the man and lived by the mercy that was in me, not allowing to be be taken under the yoke of bondage again, what I would have done is, I would have simply forgiven him, taken the stuff back, saw the book on the bookshelf, phoned the people, say, listen man, I've, I see now that I've got this book, I forgot about it, sorry, and, and take the book back. You know, and there would have been peace in my life. But what does the Lord do? The law comes and He brings condemnation and judgment to your life. Yes, that's exactly what it does. And this is what it says here. And this condemnation that came to the people in Galatia came through preachers. And Paul, even if you listen to the life of Paul in Corinthians, people came and placed a certain demand upon him, a certain picture on how he must look. He didn't fall into that category. And they judged him. And then he had to write in his own defense. You know, I'm, I'm defending myself. He says, I hate this. You know, because I must write about myself and who I really am. I hate this, but, but this is actually who I am. You know, you people in Corinth, you, you are actually apostles and you are where you are because of what you've received from me. Now somebody else comes and they preach something and now you, you believe in them because they come in with this big, uh, in Afrikaans, but the great bravade. They come in and they demand money from you and they come with all the knowledge of the law and they look so wise. And now you follow them. But I was just humble amongst you. Worked for a salary and helped you. And then he's, he, even to the point where he writes, he says, the more I love you, the less I'm being loved of you. And he, he just comes with, with something in his heart and he saw, he, he was seeing the result of the law. So, what we do is, it says here in, in Corinthians, it says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anybody put a harness of slavery on you. Amen. I'm emphatic about this. The moment any one of you submits to circumcision or any other rule-keeping system, at the same moment Christ's hard-won gift of freedom is squandered. It says here you fall from grace. Now, um, the Greek word for grace is the divine influence upon the heart and the acting out in the life that includes gratitude. Now, if you fall from grace, you are falling from God's influence upon your life. Now, there's many aspects to this, but I would just like to take one aspect, and that is hearing the voice of God. If you fall from grace, in other words, if you become law-minded, you will struggle to hear the voice of God. Because it's, it's like with me, um, years ago, with that guy that borrowed the truck and the chainsaw. Um, when, I, when I saw the, 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 the situation and I became law-minded, in the beginning, I felt in my heart, 
yes, let's, let's forgive the guy. That was grace. But as I allowed the law in my life, um, I heard different voices in my head. I heard a voice that says, but he must bring it back. And it must be clean. And he should have phoned me. And I started to hear many other voices speaking to me. But when I was under grace in that area, um, and just the gospel, I only heard one voice. And that is, forgive the guy. You know, not even forgive the guy. I felt, I actually felt in my heart, I'm not upset with him. It's what I actually felt in my heart. But I suppressed that, willfully, partook in a, in a law system. You know, because I believe that law was also in my heart there and I didn't bear fruit. Because that area of my life, there was a law that says he must live this way and there was the, 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 the law of grace. And the Bible says the seed that is sown amongst the weeds cannot bear fruit. So there was a law seed in my heart there and there was a grace seed in my heart there. And it both grew up and I couldn't bear fruit because it was choking this, this grace message. But thank God that we could identify that that law and we don't I mean that seed is now sown in good ground and we can forgive somebody and we live in that freedom because we can identify the gospel of grace and see the gospel of grace I didn't go after that and say well from now on I'm going to forgive people I just man I've been under a law there I remember I also preached on uh, on that same thing about a year and a half ago I was in the law there and that is that was what was killing me and my relationship with that person Because I was under the law. He was wrong, but wasn't his wrong deed that killed the thing. It was my law, the law in my mind, that killed the thing. So, I couldn't hear the voice of God in that situation anymore. I heard my self-pity. I heard the voice of condemnation, condemning that person. I heard the voice of the law. You know, and that was just becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. And after a while, I was not even hearing the voice of, forgive the guy, or you have already forgiven the guy. I wasn't hearing that anymore. I wasn't even feeling that. All of a sudden, the emotions of that was also welling up in my heart, because I was falling from grace. So I want to say to you, especially when it comes to finances or, or anything, but let's take finances, it will be very difficult for you to hear the nature of God inside your heart being under the law. Because you will hear the voice of, uh, um, guilt, you owe God something. You'll hear the voice of fear. Well, if you don't give, you're not going to have in the future. You'll hear the voice of peer pressure that says, what's, what's the pastor going to think if I don't give? You're going to hear all those voices speaking to you and you will not know what to do. You will make unwise business decisions. You'll be, the, the, the pressure of acceptance will push you to say you must have a big business so that you can be as a sign of the blessing of God on your life. If I've got a, a thing that says if you are rich it means you are the blessed of God and God approves of you. Because you're rich that's a sign of God's approval. Let me tell you something, if you believe that you are under some deadly thing. That means that nobody in a squatter camp can ever say that he's approved of God. I've got good news for you. Jesus Christ was born. And when he was born, the, the word of God says, a peace on earth and good will or a good reputation to every man. 
Amen. And that's what we, the gospel, we preach. That in Christ, you've been perfected. In Christ, the sin of the world has been paid for. In Christ, there's righteousness for every man. In Christ, there's forgiveness for every person. That's what we preach. And we say, believe in this so that Christ can live in you. Amen. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to just say this to you. We grab a hold of this gospel of grace with all of our heart. And that is the only way in which you're going to see the fruit of the gospel in your life and where you will hear the voice of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Right. Let's just read on a bit there. Um, It says, The person who accepts this way of circumcision trades all the advantages of the free life in Christ for the obligation of the slave life of the law. When you reject the, 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 the gospel of grace, you find the law working in your heart. So, the law is, the I call it this, this is just my way, it's nowhere written in scripture, it's just the way I say it, so it can be easy for you to understand. The law is, the law is the influence of death in your life, or the grace of Adam in your life, the influence of death in your heart. Grace is the influence of God in your heart. So the moment you fall from grace, the influence of death will start to work in your heart. That's what will happen. You will, you, you will trade your free life for a slave life. You will not find the influence of the Spirit in your heart unto something, in that specific area in your life. I don't say God leaves you alone. Um, it can it can come to a point where where you can be so law minded that you cannot hear anything of God. It says where your heart becomes calloused, calloused, and you cannot hear. You, your conscience has been sheared with an iron. You know where where you reject the gospel. That that can happen. I don't want to get into that. What I want to get into is we 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 guard our hearts against our commitment to God is. He's believing His grace message and we're not going to fall into the law. Then it says, I suspect you would never intend this, but this is what happens. This is what it says in the message. I suspect you never intend this, but this is what happens. And that's the thing that we must look at. Um, uh, we, <laughs> we are in a war. And that is what Galatians ch- chapter 6 uh, uh, Ephesians 6 clearly says we are in a war against falling back under a system of rules and regulations and laws. And we don't uh, intend, I mean, who will ever intend to go against the gospel of grace? But it comes as in such a sly way, like I've just explained. You know, So we don't want to fall under the law. A very sly way, like um, we start to measure, like I said with, with, with uh, Paul, he says, are you not in the flesh? Are you not under the law if you say, well, I'm of this man of God, or I'm of that man of God, or I'm of that man of God? He says, you're in the flesh. He literally said, you are under the law system again. You are in the ministration of death. Sin is having its way in your life. That is what he was saying when he, when he said that. So now, I don't want to bring a fear in your heart saying, oh, well, am I under law or not? All that I want to tell you Only look at your new life which is hidden in Christ. And don't take your eyes off that. Amen. 
Don't take your eyes off that. You've got one Savior. You've got one Master. The Bible says, Call no one Father. Call no one Teacher. But one. Jesus Christ. Amen. The only way for you to have righteousness is through Jesus. The only way for you to have peace is through Jesus. The only way for you to have prosperity is Jesus. The only way for you to have healing is Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your good, good work and what you've done. He says, I suspect you never intended this, but this is what happened. What you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, uh, sorry, when you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ. You fall out of grace. Meanwhile, we expectantly wait for the satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most con Consensus religion or disregard of religion amounts to anything. But what matters is this. What matters is something far more interior. Faith expressed in love. So what he says here is, it's not your hate of the law or you saying, well, I'm not under the law that is going to bring forth a manifestation of God in your life. But what will bring forth the manifestation of God in your life is a consciousness of who Jesus is in you and who you are in Him. And I want us, and I know we've been preaching about the Scripture so many times, say badly, but can't you preach on something new? You know, um, it's, I, I don't want to testify of myself, but we, I mean, I can start here and, and, and preach a new Scripture, you know, every day and say the same thing. It is like that, you know, we, it, it, it's the way it is. But I want to speak what I feel in my heart the people need to hear. Hallelujah. Maybe you say, Bertie, but I've, I've heard this before. Let me tell you something, every time I preach this, it gives me a kick. <laughs> every time I preach this, I get that feeling in my heart that says, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I want to just say this this morning, I said to my wife, well, I, I was in the bath, you know, and uh, she was still in bed. And we were talking about the gospel. And I said, you know what? I experience the peace of God and His presence all the time. I don't have to go into a special time of experiencing the presence of God. I feel Him all the time. While I preach now, I feel Him. Yesterday I went riding my motorbike. I felt, I felt His presence all the time. I feel it inside me. I can't get away from it. It's a light inside me. That's why I don't have to wait for some feeling from somewhere. I feel that feeling from somewhere all the time. The only difference is, it moved from out on top of me to inside me. I can't get away from it. It's there all the time. Even if I've got an argument with somebody, I still feel that thing inside me. I'm the beloved of God. I don't know how to express it in words. I feel God all the time. It's awesome. It, it, it's something that I cannot explain. Um, and I, I want you to get into that. I want you to get, it's a difference between having a well, you know, like I think of these wells in Africa, we know in Zimbabwe, they dig that well, sometimes 60 meters deep with a shovel. They dig it down, they get water, now you can only, the well is only, you know, where there's water, so it can be 50 meters from your house. And then you go and, well, you've got a well on your property, but you've got to walk every day and get your bucket of water. You know, and splash yourself and wash. Where you can have, 
there's a difference between a well and having running water in your house. And the taps open all the time. You know, so, and that is what the gospel of grace brings. And that's what Paul talks about here. He talks about being under the divine influence of God 24-7. And how are we under the influence of God? He says, I want the grace of God to multiply in your life by your knowledge of God, by, by having your knowledge of what God knows about you active in your life, that you know what God knows about you all the time. Then you will have all the time experiencing God inside you. To the point where Paul says, man, this thing has got so, so little to do with outward things that even if I've got no money, I still feel that. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. Amen. Let me tell you something. It is um, to have joy in your heart. When you've got a big house and when you've, everything's going well for you, you've got five million in the bank and a new car and your family is healthy and prosperous and whatever, to say, well, I'm joyful, I'm more than an overcomer. You know, you don't need the power of God to say, well, I'm more than an overcomer, having all that stuff and everything going for you. But where the power of God is clearly seen is when you've got nothing going for you and you've got more joy than the guy that's got everything going for him. That's the power of the gospel. Amen. Now, I'm not pleading poverty here, but what I'm telling you is, there is, if, if I must, I hate to use this word, but let me use it for people to understand it. There's a higher level. There's a different way of looking at these things. There's a different way of life. Where you become untouchable by circumstances. Where, when something good happens, where Paul says here, I am glad that this good thing happened, but what gives me true joy is not the stuff, but what I see, I see the fruit of the gospel of Jesus in your life. Amen. Why? Because they were sticking to one message. They had a commitment to the gospel of grace. And they were not in this thing where they, um, not intending, but still falling under the law. Let me tell you something. Um, a year and a half ago two years ago I was riding with my motorbike and a guinea fowl came and it flew out of the grass right in front of me I didn't intend to hit that bird but I did and it cost me a couple of thousand rand it's just to fix that motorbike and I could have died there I didn't intend that it was not intended but guess what it happened and the whole front of the bike, the lights and everything was broken. It wasn't intended, but the fact that I didn't intend that didn't make the consequences less. So in the same way, I want to tell you, maybe you don't intend to fall under the law, but the consequences is the same. It is the same. So, we don't want to fall under this law system. We want to stick with the gospel of grace. We want to stick under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the true power of God. You know, uh, uh, what, what I, what I, there's something that I want to tell you about the presence of God. That is, I don't know how to explain it in words. But it's something that doesn't come and go. It's something that we don't have to gather to get. It's something that can be inside you all the time. 
in my heart when it comes to the gospel of grace, I'm always happy. <laughs> it's the way it is. I feel, even when I am in a, in a place where I will uh, disagree with somebody, or there's something that in my mind, this thing doesn't make sense, and I'm in my mind upset about that, still inside me, I feel a bubbling. I feel a joy inside my heart. An excitement that can never be stopped. Now, I know I'm testifying about myself, but, man, I, I know this the best because I experience it in my life every day. And that's why I want to tell you, my friend, there's something. You know what was so nice? Uh, um, now, <laughs> you know, my, my son, uh, we went visit people and, and the kid had uh, a chicken pox. Is that what you call it? That chicken pox. So, all three of my boys got this now. You would say, but oh, you're a man of God, you know. They're not supposed to get this. Well, they got it. So, <laughs> they, they, my, my son came, the oldest one, he's 13 years old, and he was crying. He was saying, oh man, this stuff is so itchy, and he was just crying this morning. And so I said to him, come my boy. And uh, we went to the kitchen and just grabbed a piece of bread and just, I just took a wine glass and just poured some water in there and I said, let's have communion. You know, and we broke the bread and he ate and he, and he was healed. You know, and, and, um, and, and he drank the wine and he just said, oh, thank God, you know, all that itching went and I feel so good. Thank you, Jesus. Stop crying and everything. And so, it's so nice to know that, that I didn't have to run to 20 places to just see the manifestation of power in my own life. And that's what I want to see in your life, my friend. I can't build my ministry and uh, who I am on how many people get healed in this ministry. You will even see, you know, in the beginning of my ministry, um, I saw a lot, of, a lot of miracles and it was like a phenomena. You know, it's like, yeah, this awesome. I still see all those miracles. But I found that um, in the beginning it was, wow, God's using me. Wow, you know, a miracle happened. Wow. But now I found something greater than that. I still see those miracles. Like in Zimbabwe, I don't, even, I, I don't think I've even testified of this. There was a, a girl, a, a boy, sorry, a boy born crippled. His legs was pulled up against his chest here, like that. Um, and he was not in his right mind. Steve Wollifier um, asked me to pray for him. He was on the stage. He said, Bertie, please pray for the, for, for the boy downstairs. I, I, I started to pray for him. And in one second, you know, I prayed for about, say, four minutes. The legs, it was almost like, a re, like an action that was onwillekerig. It wasn't planned. It just kicked straight like, straight like that. And it hasn't been straight in, I think the boy was 11 years old. It happened. But I don't find any kick in testifying about miracles all the time. There's a kick in my heart when it comes to this gospel. Because this brings this very power to your life, my friend. Where you can walk in the freedom of Jesus Christ. You know, when I see people testify of the freedom of Christ. When I see, uh, uh, my, my, man, I would love for everybody to be healed when I pray for them. But I thank God for the power that when a person is not healed, that he still has joy. Amen. That makes me more than a conqueror, man. That gives me that expectation and that hope that is above human reason. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Hallelujah. And there's one thing that I, that, that I like Paul in Philippians, just look at this, and, and I want to just take you to this, Philippians 4. Let's look at what Paul was 
chasing after all the time. You know what he was putting his mind to all the time. He says here um, in chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, he says, but, but what, what things were gained to me, those things I counted lost. Yes, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but done, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have attained either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I forget the law which is behind me and reaching for those things which are before me, I press towards the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Let us therefore as many as be perfect in our spirits, be thus minded and if anything be other minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So what does he say? There's just one thing in his mind. I don't want to be under a law system. I'm not into, I'm not against the law. I'm not for the law. I'm just for one thing. And that is a life in the heavens. That is my life. And I want to be mindful of that life. I want to be full of that life. If there's suffering because of that life, I don't care. But I just want to know who I am in Christ. And I want to know who Christ is in me. And that's all I want to know. And I don't want to be in a place. That's what Paul was saying there. I don't want to be in a place where I, without intent, fall under the law. And bear the consequences of the law, falling from the power of grace where the law starts to dictate to me. And I become judgmental, where I become full of, 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 of a law mindset again. People, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. You know, um, I've said it so many times. One day I was, I was listening to, to a, a, a report, you know, on the, on the radio. And um, it was the time when, when, when there was a lot of people broke into my house and stole my stuff and I was going through a very bad patch concerning that. And I listened to a voice on the radio and, uh, well, I say this and I expose myself here. And I, I heard this guy reading the news and it was a, a black guy reading the news. And I, I said to myself, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, these blacks, they just steal my stuff. Because my things that I had there was next to a squatter camp where poor black people lived. If there was poor white people that lived there, they would also have stolen my stuff. You know, so I lived. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said to me, Bertie, when you heard the news, and this is what happened, they spoke of, I got a bit wrong, they spoke of um, somebody that got murdered. And uh, we've got a lot of murders on farms and that. And so I said, you know, the black people murder pe- people. They murder us. Then God corrected me. And He said to me, Bertie, why can't you hear the eloquent speech of the person that's a black man that reads the news, that reads better than what you can? Why can't you hear Him? And I realized that as without intent, I was falling under a judgment system in, again. And I started to think by the law. 
And that brought judgment to my heart. And I could only see through what I believe. Every black person was seen through that belief system. And do you know how hard it is to live with a heart like that? It's so difficult. That's why I don't want to be for the law. I don't want to be against the law. It's like with me. I don't, I, I, I'm not a soccer fan. You know, well, I'm not very big into sports. Uh, it's like the Brazilian soccer team. You know, I don't care about the Brazilian, Brazilian soccer team. I'll watch the MotoGP motorbikes, you know, race. I'll watch that. I like that. But I'm not into that. So, if they win or if they lose, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm on some different level. I'm busy with something different. The same with the law. We are not here to be against the law. We're not here to be for the law. We're on a different level. We're on the level Christ indwells me. And that's all that I want to take part in. And I don't want to be under any law. So many times we are under laws. Say, well, if I've prayed now and I don't get a financial breakthrough by Wednesday, what's wrong with me? Get away from that. You're in a new life, man. You're in the life of Christ. You're in the life of Jesus. You know, it's, it's like Paul. It's like with me and what I preach about finances. <clears throat> Say it happens that I go through a very hard time financially and I don't have money and it comes to the point where I must close down the ministry concerning finances. You know, I, do, I don't have money. It doesn't change the truth of what I've preached. And I will not change from that. doesn't matter what happened. Because it's the truth of the gospel. I just keep myself busy with that gospel. And that truth is not subject to a law. It's not subject to the law of, I must now have a lot of money for it to make it the truth. There was one miracle that happened that makes this the truth. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when I was there in in Zimbabwe, I prayed for that child with those crippled legs. He got healed. Now, he couldn't walk by himself, but if two people took him by the hand, he could start to walk. I believe that by now he's walking already. And now some people might say, go and follow up that miracle so that we can document it, so that, oh, please relax. The power is in the gospel. (laughs) Amen. In the preaching of this word. And for those people, God healed and those that saw it there were impacted and that's enough. And when you hear it here, you will hear the power of this gospel coming boldly to you through this word. Because this word contains also power. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to say to you, let's open our hearts completely to this gospel and say, we only stick to this gospel. We're going to fall under no law. When I prayed for that person, there was another uh, uh, person there that was deaf, that hurt. There was a people that threw away their crutches. There was a woman born paralyzed in one arm that got healed. But then there was somebody else that had a headache and I prayed for him and he didn't get healed. Now, must I now, (laughs) one of the preachers... I prayed for him, he didn't get healed, he struggled with it, he had to drink a tablet. I thought, man, you know, uh, thank God that I'm not under a law where I measure the truth of the gospel by what happens. Because the truth of the gospel is contained in the embodiment of God in human flesh in the heavens. Hallelujah. And the proof of that that's true is the Holy Spirit that's inside me now. Amen. And this gospel, this 
Holy Spirit empowers me to believe this gospel through miracles and through no miracles. Through uh, uh, prosperity and through poverty. Through whatever. We are stable in one thing. And we put, a, put behind us every lost system. We don't judge ourselves by our works. We don't judge ourselves by the works of the Spirit through our lives. We, there's one thing by which we judge ourselves. And that is the judgment of God. Which is a righteous judgment. Which is in accordance to Christ. And we live by that, we move by that, we have our being in that, God is in us, we are in Him, and we put any other law behind us, lest I fall short of the grace of God, and fall from the grace of God. Amen. People, you know we get that ministry fly everywhere. You know this, let me tell you something, we are radical about this word, We stick to this word. We're not going to change from this word. I want to say this to you, my friend. When you come to Dynamic Web Church, Dynamic Love Ministries website, Grace Stream TV, expect to hear the same thing again and again and again and again. Now, we find more and more revelation of the thing we already know in different scriptures. We do that. That is the way it is. Like what I preached on, on, on finances two years ago and what I preach now, there's a little bit of a difference. Um, you know, I wouldn't say a difference. There's more revelation of the same thing I believe in that today. So, there is more of an understanding in different scriptures of the one thing we already know, which is complete. Amen. So, my friend, um, let's stick to this gospel Let's not have the influence of the law starting to speak and we hear 20 voices. When you're under grace, you only hear the nature of God in your life. And that is it. Well, I want to thank you that you've joined me in this live broadcast. It's wonderful to be able to share this gospel with you, to preach this gospel to you. I feel really, as I sit here, I feel a love for all of you people. You are so precious to God. You are the possession of God. You're the dwelling place of God. And God loves you dearly. This, um, this will also be available in the archive if you watch the, the, um, the live session right now. Um, I want to encourage you. Our daily devotional sent those daily messages to people. It's a way of evangelism. Man. You know, it's not an offensive. offensive. Um, it, there's some offensive people really in the, in the law, you know, um, but it helps most people. <clears throat> send it. The link to this message. Send it to people. I want to encourage you to do that. Because people need this gospel. I don't want to speak from a sense of indebtedness, but it's a good way to word it. We owe this gospel to many. We owe this gospel to the world. Because it belongs to them. It's what happened to them in Jesus Christ that we know. It's like if somebody wins the lotto. They owe, and we know they've won, but they don't know it. Man, we owe them that knowledge. Don't go feel indebted now, but just see it a little bit in that perspective of, man, we've got this love that compels us to tell this message and share this message um, to people. Amen. I'd like to just pray for all of you. Father, I want to thank you for every person that's watched. I declare every person blessed by the Almighty God, by the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to the very being of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you that you've watched this. And remember this one thing. You can always enjoy the love of God. Amen.